0: Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Noplaton. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life. More business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. And today we're going to have Megan French Dunbar, who is a co-founder of Conscious Company. And she's also a mother, an entrepreneur, so many business ideas and things that she's doing. And we're going to be talking about how do you do that all and only work 25 hours a week. Welcome to the show, Megan.
1: Thank you, Steve. I am delighted to be here.
0: Giovanni and I, you know, as you know, we're really about you know, purpose-driven, like building businesses that are with with conscious leaders that want to make a, a difference, not, you know, helping people on the planet, right? And, and that they're not just there for a, a profit. Although we do know that margins help the mission. As I once heard someone say, no margin, no mission. So yeah. it's like, okay, let's build abundance, but let's do it in the right way. And that's what's so exciting for you, uh, you know, Founding you know the conscious company uh, publication and now you know having built that and sold that and and moving on to help more businesses and things in your life uh, we just knew we had to have you on the show so it's a pleasure for us to have you here
1: thank yeah. you I am I am honored to be here
0: what's like uh just to start with some of the exciting things like you know for you working with companies that are thinking consciously and they are making a difference. What's like one or two of the biggest uh, things that have been the most exciting for you just living in this space? I know it's such a broad question, but let's see what you go. I'll try to dig deeper.
1: I I can do it. I I think something that really comes up for me that I feel really excited about that has really come out of the last seven years of my work is the fact that you can make money and do good for the world. And I, it's not like this pipe dream that we all imagine that there are a few people out there that are capable of doing this. Like there are are thousands and thousands of businesses out there that are walking the talk and that are creating incredible employment opportunities for people to be able to actually do work that is doing good for, this, for society or the environment in some way, um, that treat their employees well, where they're actually be able to integrate their work and their life, that they're feeling happy. Um, so I think that that was the most exciting thing for me in just studying this sector for better part of a decade now is that there's just so many companies out there doing this
0: and it's and that you're right that is exciting and it makes me excited and i think you know the data is is proving that not only is it good for our planet and the people but it's also good for business
1: absolutely like the the business case For those who need a business case, it is there. We're talking increased employee retention. We're talking increased employee innovation. We're talking ability to recruit and retain the best talent. When we're looking at the up-and-coming millennial workforce, which is now the largest segment of the U.S. workforce, they want purpose in their work, and you can get the best and brightest young minds coming to your businesses. Um, It leads to healthier, happier cultures, which leads to people actually engaging in the work. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but when you look at the performance of conscious businesses versus traditional paradigm businesses, they actually, there's an incredible book Raj Sisodia wrote a book called The Firms of Endearment. And he looked at the companies like Southwest Airlines, Whole Foods Market that actually are beloved because they are conscious businesses. And they outperformed the S&P 500 14 to one.
0: Wow. Like
1: 1,400%. It's crazy. So yeah. Well, yeah. And
0: there. Southwest is like the only, the longest profiting airline ever, right? It's
1: And like the they, customer loyalty myself included, that Southwest Airlines has, I mean, when we could travel, um, yeah. I, yeah. I would literally pay sometimes up to $150 more for my ticket to fly on Southwest Airlines because I knew how good of a company they were. And I felt like I wanted to support them versus, let's say, a United Airlines.
0: Right. Right. It makes a it makes a huge difference. And then that's where the business commerce comes into an ROI and you know, and and you know, most of these companies we're talking to, that's not what they were there for. But then it just works out, which then makes which does help. There is an advantage to that because then those that maybe are on the fence, or maybe they there are people I meet, they're like, I'd love to do that, Steve. I really do care, but I can't because it's not going to make sense on the numbers. And then when you can show them that it does, those people that may be on the fence. That they are, because there are still people in these bigger companies, and they're answering to the the stockholders. You know, and that's the thing that Southwest was known so much for, from what I read about, is that they said, "No, we're not here for our our stockholders." And then everyone's like, "What?" You know, which technically is even against the law because their fiduciary right is to the holders of the stock, and they were, and this is. Back in I think the late sixties, early seventies, if I remember correctly, so they uh, they were bucking the system way early, you know. So it's yeah. it's uh, it's
1: no. There's been some historical examples of this. There's one that's like very little known. It's interface carpets. Um, There's actually a new documentary coming out at the end of the year called Come Clean. And it's all about the interface carpet story. And they were a publicly traded company with a fiduciary obligation to their shareholders. And this guy was like, no, like we will be a conscious, a wholly sustainable business by 2020. His name was Ray Anderson and he's passed away, but he did it over the last 30 years as a publicly traded company. Um, The other one would be Unilever. Paul Pullman got in there and was like, Nope. Like I love you shareholders. You guys are great, but we're not going to do quarterly earnings calls. Like they it doesn't make sense. We are a long-term focused business. So screw quarterly earnings calls. Screw like he and, wow. and but then his performance was insane. Um, so he like he he, he kind of put his money where his mouth was. It was fantastic. So yes, there are examples of publicly traded companies that have done this and looking at that fiduciary obligation, that you have to your shareholders. Yes, it's there. And the business case can be made that it is in your fiduciary responsibility is to become a conscious business. I'm on my soapbox. Sorry. Woo! No, it, it's
0: this is why you're here with us because you know even more about this uh, than we do. I mean, we, you know, some of these things we've read about and all that, but just hearing one after another after another. So I, I, I'm gonna switch gears. We'll probably pop back around, but so my mind is going to what made this most important to you? Like, why? Why was this such a big deal? So if we go back 10 years plus, and then what? was there a, was it always this way for you? Like you were always for this or like, what was the point that you're like, you know what, I this is, I need to stand for this. Like, this is important to me. Like, is, do you remember a moment or is it evolution or what, what happened?
1: Yeah. I, I've always had the sense that in order to lead a, a life that I felt would be meaningful, I needed to do something to help. I didn't know what. And so like when I came out of college, I entered the nonprofit world. I worked um, at the Environmental Defense Fund for a a while and it was at EDF, they have what's called a corporate partnerships program where they were the the company, they were working with McDonald's to incentivize them to get rid of their styrofoam containers. They were working with Walmart to incentivize them to put solar on the roof. They, They go into companies and they figure out market mechanisms to incentivize companies to be good actors. And I I would study this while I was at EDF and it just, it was a bit of an evolution, but it also kind of felt like it clicked one day where I realized the story that I tell myself um, in my worldview is that shareholder centric capitalism is the reason why we have so many of the problems that we have on the face of the planet today. Like if you follow the thread back, it's that like, I have to do it. And because of the shareholders, I'm going right. to disregard all of these negative externalities of pollution, of treating people like shit at work, of all of the things that we do in the name of business that is making it so people are miserably depressed, where there's pollution everywhere, we have socioeconomic divide. I mean, there's so many problems that can be traced. The thread goes all the way back to shareholder-centric capitalism. So I was like in my mid-20s when I had this like, oh my God, like that's the thing. So I went and did my MBA and studied that and knew that I wanted to use business as a force for good in some way. I feel like it's the largest aggregator of human potential on the face of the planet. It's the place where we spend the majority of our waking hours of the day as adults, for those of us who have to work. And so like to figure out a way to rewrite the narrative so that success in business is companies that actually do good and make money and are stakeholder centric rather than shareholder centric, like it was like maybe eight or nine years ago. I was like, yep, that's my thing. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and I'm, I, I, I plug into it in all sorts of different ways, but that has been, become the thing that I know is my life's work. It's what I want to work on
0: that's so it's so beautiful it um you know and it's it's interesting i and that's why i asked the question because it's so interesting how we all find our way into this into this sector you know like for me uh just to share briefly, it, it came from like watching my father work for a big company and then pour all his life in, and then me even being like, Hey, where? what about me kind of thing? There was that, What about me? Because I'm like that kid and I'm like, Where's my dad? And so there was a little bit of blame that I've, I've let go of now as I worked on myself more, but I like blame big companies. And then I, so I didn't want it to be that. So then that's how I became an uh, entrepreneur. And, but then I kept using the same practices and found myself working my butt off to build so it was like working so hard to not work and that doesn't work and so I had to go through all this stuff um, but always the intention was to you know treat people to treat people well and 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 I was always looking for a way to have a better life so you know all these things about. That's why this is called more business, more life. It is like okay, and that is to attract those that want that are seeking that abundance. But we can do that while we're we're taking care of people. And so our mission is to have uh, folks work less than forty hours a week, have more revenue for the company. Actually, we're and we've even break broken goals and uh, records with doing this, and then pay everyone more, and then have everyone take more holidays. And in doing this, those companies, just like you're saying started having uh, crazy results like we even had a client in the last year before covid-19 and they did uh, and we have clients prospering during this this whole epi- uh pandemic but we the, but last year one thing we had a company go from five million to nine million in 18 months. And uh and then their staff, one of their staffs was uh guy had tears coming and he hugged me and he said, I never made over a hundred grand and now I bought a house for my family. So like everyone was making more, the company's making more, everyone's taking more holidays. Um and you know, it's uh the thing that hit me the most is like when I worked with the CEO and they started taking more time off and, and, and it was after a period of that transition, I checked in with him and he said, I said, how's it going? He's like, Steve's amazing. I just got back from another holiday. I'm getting so much time for myself. I'm making better decisions. I feel smarter. Like everything's working out. I'm, I'm not making as many mistakes. It's like awesome. And then, and then it's like, well, hey, what would it be like if all of your staff had the same feeling? And then the light bulb goes off. Oh my gosh, I want them to be that resource Because so many, like you said, it's like this grind uh, for all. Uh, and, and I do agree that it's this, um, you know, it does point back to these bigger companies and the stakeholders and the way that they do. And they're grinding. And then it's like a power drill that has no battery left and it's trying to work instead of. Hey, let's recharge and then be smarter. And so, uh, so we, I like, I definitely, I'm about all health, right? The environment, like if we're sucking in toxins and we're eating garbage food that is all polluted, that's not going to help our energy level. And if we're working too hard, that's not going to help our energy level. So, so I'm a huge, hugely passionate about this. So, when someone, if someone out there is listening and they aren't taking these actions. With all the things that you've seen now, like what are the first steps? Do you have like like a first step for a company that maybe is like saying, you know what, I I do believe in this. I've just been scared to take action. Mm-hmm. Is there something there? <laughs> um,
1: well, I call them the conscious curious. Uh, it's like a whole segment of the population, um, and. I mean, I guess I'll just say the thing because I have a thing that is helpful for such a human being. I literally have a class called Conscious Business One Hundred and One, and it is for those people who are conscious curious who want to take the first step, who want to understand what conscious business is, what are all of the uh, the kind of reasons why you should do this, what are the first steps you can take, you can do that. So. I have a class, uh, so I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, because-
0: and we can definitely put a link to that in our <laughs> show, in our show notes, and everything. Because yeah, we want, you know, we're a huge fan of this and you, and and so you know, any way that we can help more people, so it's
1: beautiful. Um, but then the other things that I would do, I would start looking at some of the industry groups out there. Um, there are people who are doing just fabulous work who are putting out incredible content about this. Um, Social Venture Circle is one that I would look into. You can like attend a little virtual meeting. You can just kind of dip your toe in it and start to meet some people who are also doing this, finding peer groups of other executives that are also doing it like this. There's Conscious Capitalism, which is started by Raj Sisodia, who I mentioned earlier, who wrote Firms of Endearment. Um, both he and John Mackey, who's the founder of Whole Foods, started Conscious Capitalism, which is a fantastic 501c3, and they bring together all sorts of incredible... Incredible executives and business leaders. And there's also B-Lab, which certifies uh, B-Corps, which is kind of the gold standard right now for sustainable business. So um, for those of you just kind of looking, wanting to like poke around on someone's website and not have to take any commitment, I would look into those industry groups and they have all sorts of virtual convenings and meetings and you can just start slowly dipping your toes in the conscious business water.
0: It's, it's huge. Um, Thank you. So for all those tips and I, you know, for me, one thing I know we're good at what we do, like helping folks do more business and all that. So we just made the conscious decision. One of the early things we did is we just stopped working with companies that were hurting people or the planet. And, and that's it, you know, because that was, that was a huge step. And I and I started even before I like actually said that out loud. I just stopped. I would be like working with a company, and I'm like, that's not okay, and I'm not okay with that, and I'm not gonna keep working with you. And so I just started turning down um, the work, you know, and just one by one. And that just felt so right because I knew I was good at what I do. So why would I contribute to something I wasn't okay with? And that for me, that was the big first step, yeah, just drawing that line, you know.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we vote with our dollars and a lot of our dollars get spent through our businesses, our vendors, the people that we choose to work with. Um, they, it, that is in fact, in fact, economic activity that is, you're voting every time you're doing that.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, cause then you're supporting that, letting that thrive instead of just, cause then those folks that are just business centric only thinking about money, they're going to be like, Oh wow, I lost customers. Um, then then by default, they'll start to, you know, meet the needs of the customer, uh, even if they didn't want to. So that's the, the, you know, we hope that they'll see the tide turning sooner than that. But at the very end of the line, they'll just be, they won't be able to do business if enough of us say no. No, yeah. that's not okay. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So so it seems like just going back to the early years, you you've been kind of in that active space of, you know, um, environmental and, and what's going on It's from early. So was that like from a young age? Like how old were you when you knew this is the area that you wanted to go towards? Just
1: yeah. I, I would say I'm in, yeah, it's like 25. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like super early. I knew Um, My mom is a pediatric occupational therapist. She works with children who have significant learning disabilities and special needs. And she used to take me and my brother and we would sit in the corner of her office and like do our homework and we would watch her work with these children. And my mom would come home exhausted, yes, but also just fulfilled. She had meaning. Like every day she was going and doing something to make the world a better place by helping these children out. And she still does it to this day. Um, she's been doing it for over 40 years. She's a saint. And so I knew going through college and all the things that I like, that was the way that you have a meaningful. Purposeful life is to find something that you really care about and do it. And so I knew that that was something I wanted to do. I was very self self absorbed and ridiculous in college, and so I was just like working at a margarita bar and getting an English degree and like well, I don't know. Uh, and then flailed around for a while, moved to Costa Rica, and then I came back and did it. Uh, so I would say, yeah, mid twenties this way, really yeah. put my stake in the ground that that was what I wanted to do.
0: Well, that, that's cool. And then from that, well, you know, we all have, and that's beautiful. You took that time for yourself to, you know, find yourself, you know, I know me being a father myself, you know, a big thing I, I encourage my kids to do is try lots of things, you know, just try lots of things and then find, find their way. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting that you brought up the children that your mother worked with because, you know, one thing thinking back now it triggered something for me is one thing that made my wife and I way more conscious was that as I was having success with my ad agency, we had bought a property in the country and my wife had grown up in the country and I had not. I grew up in a city. Like I said, my dad worked for a big tech company in Silicon Valley. And so I was like, Oh, I'll try this ranching stuff out. You know, so we got a couple acres. It wasn't much, but it was a couple acres. It was a big deal for me, but it was around all this farming. And uh, right when we moved in there, we had our son and then right after that, we had complications. So after our son was born, we lost four babies and then, and two of them were anencephaly. And um, for those that aren't familiar with that, it's, it's a form of spina bifida, but much worse. The skull doesn't form. And like when you look at the ultrasound, from a, from even at like week 10 or 12, you can start to see it looks like an alien. Like the head is all big cause it doesn't have anything to contain it. And those babies typically die in the womb. And even our studies that we looked at at that time, you know, the longest was like 11 hours a baby lived if you went full term and mothers died that were like so adamant with going full term. So it is a pregnancy that you terminate because of all the risks And then because we had two of those, which they're already abnormal, and then to have two, Texas A&M and Duke University were looking for people to do studies on. And and during that time when we um, participated in that, almost all of them were in rural areas around pesticide, like 90 percentile. And then also they're finding spina bifida at that same. And there's a third one, I forget the name of it. There's three in that category. And then as soon as we moved out of that house, like within a year, we had two baby girls. Well, not the same year, but, but we had so it, it like all of that happening. It was like, and I got overweight too. Like all my life, I was pretty active and I, I was up over 260 pounds. And I didn't feel like, um, and mind you, my diet wasn't as good as it is now, but still, I, as soon as we started eating organic. I started losing weight, and and uh, and you know, even in our neighborhood, the way the study goes is somebody down the street could have all the babies they want, no problem. Um, but what happens is, is it's the pesticide plus the mother's chromosomes and the father's chromosomes, and that mixture is what causes this to happen. But I, I could tell you, as soon as we moved away from that farming environment, and they were like buzzing, and I didn't even know, I didn't think this is one of my early houses. It was the second house I ever bought, and it was. Uh, they were like buzzing over our house and I didn't know it, you know, you go look at the house. No one was buzzing over. So we're in the house like a month. And I'm like, there it was a like, weekend I had the window open because I live in California. Right. And so we're just like, I'm just like waking up on a weekend day, resting and all of a sudden it's like, and like coming down, I could see the plane in my window. I'm like, what the heck? I fall out of bed. I like, uh, or like roll out of bed. I'm like, what the heck just happened? They're just spraying everything. And I think that, um, like I was already already conscious of people, as I said earlier. Like I always was good to people, but that was the point when I became more environmental. I was like, "This is BS. It's not okay." It like I saw hundred percent firsthand the effects on my family's life, and we were told we weren't going to be able to have kids. They were basically like, "Stop trying. You're you're polluted." But then as soon as we moved away from the pollution, we were fine. Both the girls, no complications, none. Natural birth. Everything's fine the, today to this day everything's fine and it was moving away from the pollution.
1: Steve, thanks so much for sharing that. That's, I I can't imagine what that time period in real life felt like for you guys. So that yeah, it's a lot to share.
0: I know and I wasn't planning on it here I took up time on it when I'm, I want to ask you more questions but it's just no, like
1: are you kidding. It's it, like it, like, a, like an important story it needs to be told.
0: Well, I appreciate that and I uh it just came out of me and like that's how I kind of follow my gut too is but you brought that up and it, and for whatever it is, I mean, you're right. It is telling these stories. And the more that I tell these stories, do you know how many parents come up to me and they're like, we lost the baby and we lost baby. I didn't think it could have been the food. And then, you know, just by that people start thinking about, maybe I shouldn't eat, um, non-organic things. And, and, uh, it, you know, it does, it does make a, make a huge difference. Um, yeah and this I think why we do the work that we do, and all the things you did with your publication to get people to think consciously, because you know these are things that people do to turn a profit, and you know ultimately it's so crazy and ridiculous to me because something it's always short term right like even you brought up the quarterly uh you know return analysis and the and what they're posting and profiting every quarter. It's all like that 90 days. And the same thing happens when people are using pesticides, like what can we do really quickly? But really now we're looking at their farms are dying, dying, right? Like how many years can you pollute the dirt? And, you know, so luckily we're seeing this movement and change and, and thank you, you know, over 10 years ago, being an advocate uh, and deciding to make a publication, which I kind of want to switch gears to like all that goes on with that because part of this show is about how we live and work. So there you are becoming an entrepreneur and you're, you know, all of a sudden, how, do, how did you see and was it, did you, were you able to keep balance or did you go into like the freak mode as most of us do as entrepreneurs and then like lose sight of your own life? Like maybe tell a little bit about how that went. And now, because I want to transition to like how you're living now as a mother and, you know, so maybe share a little bit of like, what happened as you became an entrepreneur in, in your life?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I did it exactly how you would imagine that I did it. I, um, I, yeah, I had this idea for a print publication, and with the co-founder, and we started a magazine. I was twenty-nine. Um, and I cold emailed John Mackey from Whole Foods, like found his email on the internet and cold emailed him and was like, I'm launching a print magazine and would love for you to be on the cover of it and blah, 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 blah. And like two months later, he writes me back and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, and the beauty of that is that when you go to the Whole Foods buyer with a publication that has the founder on the cover, very few Whole Foods buyers are going to say no. Cause if John Mackey has agreed to put his face on the cover, then it's likely this is a little strategery on my part that we could throw him on the cover and maybe we'd get into Whole Foods. We got into every Whole Foods in the world um, with our first print magazine. And it was one of those things where we had this crazy dream to put this magazine out. And then it was like a business and like, Holy crap, like the train left the station and I am on board the train and I don't know what I'm doing. And, um, and I, I did, I just did the whole entrepreneur's journey that so many entrepreneurs talk about of like, killing myself, which was so ironic because we were the authority in the space on conscious business. So much of our content was about how to create like a conscious, loving, delightful workplace and to be a conscious leader and to like emulate these things for your business. And like I was, and I was just a Profound hypocrite on the back end. I was killing myself. I like the conscious leadership principles. We weren't living them. We didn't understand. Like we didn't have a clear articulation of what our purpose was as an organization. Um, my co-founder and I. You know, it's it's such a hard thing to get in the pressure cooker of startup land with anybody. And my co-founder and I were seeing eye to eye on things. And blah 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 blah. And it like spiraled into like three years in like to the point where I was having like panic attacks. I remember one night going to bed and I was having chest pains as 32 years old. And I was like, I think I'm ha- I am I having a heart attack? Should I talk to my husband? Should I wake him up? Like, I think I'm like, I mean like with, with that level of stress and anxiety um, we brought, we did a big investment round and brought in 21 angel investors and like the stress and pressure of, responsibly storting their money and then like we weren't doing well because we were a media company and nobody buys print magazines shocking um and so like just the whole thing I am so grateful that I did it and I desperately wish that I had done it differently um because I I just I I ran myself into the ground um and then we got acquired and uh, I was able to kind of hit a bit of a reset button and then I stayed on for two years and then I left and blah, 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 So, um, that was the truncated version as much as I could pack into. Well, <laughs> well <reset>. I, pre-
0: <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And, you know, um, and I was about the same age at thirty-one. I remember coming home really late at night from the office, and I sat on the couch and I told my wife that she better call or take me to the hospital because uh, I felt like my heart was coming out of my chest. And then she was able to calm me down, and it was a panic attack. But um, I, I can sit with where you were. So that what at what point? So there seemed to be a little bit of reset when you got acquired. But was that enough or or is it really the big reset when you left 2 years later? Like when when was the the big reset for you?
1: Yes. <laughs> it was both in a different way. Two yeah. two
0: different resets. So yeah, so you're like grinding and then getting a acquire. And and also let me just thank you for being vulnerable and like sharing that. I mean cuz you know no one has to do that but I, you know in the in the theme of sharing it does help others because here we are. Um, So I guess, thank you for that, the brushstroke of that really condensed, like you said. So what I'm most curious about is if we were to slow down at the moment when you realized, because there you are, go, 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 go. Was there a moment where you realized like, oh my gosh, I'm not living the way that... Okay. She's (laughs) nodding.
1: (laughs) The the chest pains. uh, Yeah. And yeah, I, I...
0: was that before the sale or after?
1: That was before the sale. Okay. Um, and that was, um, I, I I did wake up my husband and, and I think the next day he was like, nothing is worth this. Like nothing, nothing is worth this. Um, so let's, we need, we need to exit. You need to be done with this. And I was like, okay. I agree. Um, so I, I went to my business partners and I said, like, I either need to, I either need to leave the company or we need to sell the company. And we were all on board that we wanted to sell. Um, and so we, we put the company up for sale and we got acquired. And as part of the acquisition, the acquiring company requested that I stay on as CEO. And I was like, like not what I had in mind, but, but yes, I'll do it because I love this company so much. And I would love to be able to do some things differently right when I come in the door. And so we sold on December 1st, 2017. Um, I of course didn't take a break. Uh, I like just rolled into the next Monday and was like, well, okay, now we're doing things differently. And I'm, first week of January, I brought in a consultant, um, an incredible human named Nathan Havey, who is a dear friend, but also I think one of the best people in the country on helping you articulate your purpose and your values as an organization. Um, He came in, he helped my team codify what our values were, what our purpose was, why we're doing what we're doing. We set like new parameters for organizational culture. We set weekly check-ins on not only our Professional values, but also our personal values. Um, we just like redid everything, and it worked beautifully. It 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 worked. It like really, really worked. I set boundaries for myself. Um, like I am done at five o'clock. I don't open my computer until nine a.m. Like I don't work on the weekends unless we have like an event tomorrow. Like I and I put those boundaries down and was able to live by them for the most part. And then I got pregnant. And then I had a miscarriage and I was like, I think I'm still going a little too hard. Like it's still a lot. And so, and then I got pregnant again and that was when I was like, okay, if I'm going to do the CEO thing and the pregnant woman thing, like really, really, really slow it down. And as you spoke about earlier, like I, you can, you can be so much more effective if you take time to rest. And I was able to, you know, really work like 30 hours a week, Um, still did my thing, put on multiple events, putting out the magazine, doing the whole thing with a team, of course, like I'm not doing it by myself. I have a delightful, incredible team that was behind me doing everything. Um, And when I had my baby, I went on three months of maternity leave, which for the United States is like, what? You went on three months of maternity leave as a CEO, but like people in Australia are like, you only took three months to be with
0: your yeah. baby I'm
1: like, yeah, it's insane. It's yeah.
0: Insane. Or, or Germans. I know some German friends that are like, how do you raise your children like that? Yeah. <laughs> like it's uh, you know, they, that was probably a horrible accident, but anyway, that, that's, they're like, they look at us like so confused. Like they look at me and they're like, what, uh, how do you, how do you raise your children? And, uh,
1: you can hear my 14 month old running around upstairs. Um, so then so yes, I have my baby, I come back, I do the thing. And then I just, my heart and soul was feeling done. Um, I I, I just felt this like sense of completion, like it wasn't my work to do anymore. Um, I I was feeling really inspired about some other projects that I started dreaming up. Uh, I I am completely unemployable for the rest of my life. I think I will be an entrepreneur until the day I die because all I want to do is build things. And I wanted to have some freedom to like, sit in that space of exploration. And so I resigned um, in February of this year. What a weird time to resign. My no uh, last no. day was March 13th. And then we were locked out in our house on March 17th. Um, so, like, full time CEO to like full time mom without childcare, locked in a house. Uh, it's just like crazy. But I've been the last like few months, it's just been, I, I, didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I needed to give myself some space to really feel into it. And so that's what I've been, I've been on a bit of a a journey for the last five months, which has been the weirdest, weirdest time to do this.
0: Right. And then maybe also in some ways the best time, you know, in some crazy way, because like how would you have known to, you know, like it's almost perfect that you left right at that time, like days before and then to be in this and then to have this, um, you know, that we've all gone through quarantine and all these things. Now that's uh, um, the self-isolation has allowed you maybe even more time that you wouldn't have gave yourself. Maybe I'm just, I don't know, you know, but yeah, just saying, yeah. I have to believe for me, I have come to this conclusion and all the experiences I've had. Uh, now in my adult life, that there aren't, and even in my younger years. Now, when I look back, it's like, wow, there really isn't coincidences. There aren't coincidences. They, they, because too many things. So, I, 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 this is my own belief, but I believe everything happens for a reason, including what's happening for you right now. It seems, you know. So. Yeah,
1: that was. I had a. I have a little acronym that I re- I used with my team. Uh, it was F-WO. Am I allowed to cuss?
0: Well, we usually, but it's okay. You could say, I, I mean, can, if it happens, I'm it's not. I'm glad
1: I asked, but I can yeah. hear it good. I'm sorry. for um, no, Everything freaking works out. Yeah. Um, F-woe, and it was pretty much that, like, you know, if we lost a contract, that was what, exactly what was supposed to happen. It was right. clearing up space for something else. To come in. Like if we lost a venue for an event weeks before the event, then we were definitely supposed to be doing this event elsewhere. And I, I take that with me. I like, literally, I, this just happened to me last week. I lost a consulting contract and I was like, God, that hurt. And then Monday of this week got offered a new consulting contract that I didn't even see coming from an entirely different place that more than doubled my revenue like mm-hmm. overnight. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's because I was like believing that of course, this is how it was supposed to be.
0: So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just wanna give a big shout out to Pro Audio Voices. They help me with all of my podcasts and Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years even before I started my podcast and that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast so it's easy for me, I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow, clients are important. Wow, relationships are important. And working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people a lot of love and hugs. Let's put it that way. So if you want to work with great people and you want to get a podcast out and you want to let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely want to get a hold of Pro Audio Voices and it's proaudiovoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. That's that's exactly it. And you know, it comes back to that one thing that you just said that I did I did the same thing uh, when I got my first big coach and it was like stopping work, like set a time, and now I teach everyone plan your fun first, like even if that means the dinner with your family or going uh, to a dance class with your partner or doing something fun. Because if you don't have a reason to leave work, you know people like you and me, we get really passionate about what we do and many others do as well. And so you're, you're it's easy to say, oh, I'll just put the hours in. But then again, we don't get the recovery. And then I didn't realize how I was really working half mass. Like I was really not putting the full, I, I think once I started to take those breaks, like you're saying like, okay, I'm stopping at five and I'm not going to show back up. Till nine. And I use airplane mode on my phone now. Like I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Boop, the whole phone's off. Uh, unless I'm not with my family for whatever reason, then I would do like a do not disturb or something just in case there's an emergency call. But other than that, I'm like complete shutdown. And um, it's the best thing I ever did in my life, both for my business and for my life. Because then I showed up at work way stronger, way more alive. And people that look at me now, uh, I have friends that have known me all this time and they say, oh my gosh, you look younger. Like I've actually, you know, I've, 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 in a way I've gone backwards. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: my, in my twenties, I, if you look at pictures of my twenties, I do look older. I can look at it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know, that's how much I was working. Um, cause sometimes I would sleep four hours or something, you know, like get right back up and go it's you know.
1: crazy. The stories we tell ourselves about how we're supposed to work. It's crazy.
0: It's, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's wild. So that parameter, um, goes twofold because one, you're you're taking care of yourself, right? But then also, we end up doing better, better business and 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 doing things. So, it's so interesting how we each find our way there. But once you do, uh, how and how impactful that that really can be, you know. So how, um, so coming to where you are now, like you know, being a a, a mom and congratulations by the way. And it's uh, it's such an amazing. Journey, I would say like the best thing. I mean, first off, my number one job is being a father. And out of everything I do, it's it's and it's also the biggest learning experience. Like nothing teaches us more than being a parent. I mean, it really flips everything. I, I we're supposed to be teaching them, and I think I learned more from the experience than they do. <laughs> so, so, how has it been? Like now, I know you've given yourself some time to think where your next thing was, and you got some consulting agreements going, as you shared. So how now are you thinking about this integration? We like to use the word integration versus balance because really, you know, people ask me, are you a life coach or a business coach? And I say, well, when do you die when you go to work? Because I mean, that kind of just puts it there and everyone goes, oh yeah, I get it. Okay, thank you. Yes, so we're living whatever we're doing. So, so can you share like, what's your plan now with having, a, I think, a 14 month old and starting this new step towards consulting and coaching and teaching, what um, you know? What are like the main themes that you're going to use? Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I know them. I'm I'm pretty clear on them. Um, one is it has to have some sort of positive impact. Um, another is that it needs to be super low stress. <laughs> another is that it needs to continue to add to abundance because I uh, I have really tried not to just continue to like let people pick my brain and do things for free. Um, that like, I, I do need in fact to have revenue coming in and there needs to be like a sense of ease and excitement about it. So those are like generalish parameters. And then the things that I, oh my God, I, and maybe it is because I've locked down with COVID. Like we, um, we, we've been really strict, five months in the house. Um, My mom and dad come up regularly and so we don't want to put them at risk. And so I've been just like in the house for five months. We haven't done anything else. And I think because of that, um, I might might be generating a few too many ideas, uh, but I've got like I've got like three things for four things that I do right now that I feel like have like fallen in line with that. And one of them is the online classes that I mentioned earlier. I was like, Oh my God, that's so like such a sweet spot for me. Um, I can create incredible online courses about things that I I'm an expert in conscious business, purposeful living, all these things that I've been learning about for the last seven years and creating online courses creates a wonderful passive income stream as something that it's evergreen content. So like once it's up, it kind of like keeps going and you don't have to do too much to maintain it. And so like the ease it has impact. There's revenue like that. Felt like I checked all of those boxes. I'm um, doing consulting work where I'm helping young female founders who are just kind of in their first two to three years of business. It, like, not make the same mistakes that I did. And like, there's just like rookie mistakes that we all make as first time entrepreneurs. And so I've been kind of pairing up as a former CEO with current CEOs and helping them navigate that. Um, I'm working on a project that I'm really excited about with three other women. Uh, It's called the Firefly Alliance. And um, we have two women of color and two white women, and we are creating a leadership academy for women on how to understand racial dynamics um, and build bridges between white women and women of color. And um, so we're going to be launching our first cohort in January. So all the things I get very excited about all the things. I have like three other business ideas. I have an invention that uh, my husband was like, let's pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just, I, it's like that. If you give yourself some space and time and general parameters on what you know that you need to live a happy life that you love, um, then you can kind of like use that as a checklist to go through and take on projects. And so I think I, I, my guess is that from here on out, it's going to be like a Patrick quilt hodgepodge of things that I'm excited about. I'm going to be all over the place running around. Um, I just, I can't like contain my excitement and, and I only work 25 hours a week. Like no more. I won't, I won't do it
0: that's the rule and that's what uh i think in a way because i'm a creator like you i have so many things i mean i can definitely say the next three to five years is full of stuff and that goes back to the time because um you know i have to realize what can i accomplish in that period of time and then accept that and then also know that the other ideas i have they don't go away they're just on uh, you know they're just in the ledger so to speak or in the thing and the only other way that we can make those things happen faster is by building teams right because many hands make light work uh, that african proverb if you want to go somewhere quickly go alone if you want to go far go together and yeah. that's so that's why i look at that okay is there an opportunity where we can partner with someone or like how you have you have different you know uh, collectives for each of those ideas that you were just listing off um And then it kind of puts parameters on things. I mean, so it's so beautiful that you're containing it. It's like, okay, I'm going to do as much as I can with all these dreams, but it has to fit in this box. And if it doesn't, then it either gets delayed and it gets, oh, maybe someday like the invention or, (laughs) or you find that partner, you know, you manifest that person that, 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 that's their baby. And then you can just be more the advisor and, you know, and run with it. So how do you stop? So I'm going to get to uh, just some things popping in my head as we go through these conversations. But so how do you stop at 25 hours? Like, how do you do it? Is that like, yeah, what, like one day it'll be like all day or is it like small chunks at, uh, for five days or like, how, how do you, if you could share a little detail to help others think about this?
1: It's a, it's kind of a forced function for okay. me. Um, I have childcare every day until two. That's it. <laughs> so at two o'clock I stop. Uh, that's- like that's the jam. And like, that's you know, we, we could have got more childcare in if we had wanted to. And I was like, no, yeah. like, that's cool. Like when Jack wakes up from his nap, then I'm a mom and that's what I'm going to do. Um, and so that's, that's it.
0: So the, and then, well, and I love that. It, and it, that, and see that this goes back to the point, you have to plan something else. For anybody that doesn't have that something else, you have to actually find it. You know, I've had uh, I've had other, other uh, clients that they don't have kids and and maybe their their partner as is, is as aggressive at building things as possible too, but then they have to find some classes like oh I'm gonna take a painting class after work or something right so. Um, so with this, how do you then, just curious, so is it full on like, okay, two o'clock, you close the laptop and then how do you deal with like phone stuff or like, do you, you're pretty good about it? Or is there any tactic you could share with others, like what they can do? Cause people get caught up, especially if we like keep our phone around us, then all of a sudden you accidentally are like sitting in a chair anywhere in our house and working for two hours. You know? Uh, so f-
1: I, I don't have notifications on my phone, period. Like, turned
0: off. Yep.
1: Yeah. Like they don't exist. Uh, so in order for me to like get in, like to see a Slack message or get into my email, I actually have to sign in. Yep. Like I, I log out, like it's not even that I don't have notifications. Like I log out, I am, I am done. I have a period. So my husband usually stops work at five and we both work from home now because that's our reality. Yeah. And so he takes our son out to the park and I, from five to five 30, I like do anything else that I need to do that I like sat there for the afternoon being like, so yeah, I, 5 to 5.30 is like I, I'll pop in and like if, if there's anything else that like I remembered that I was like can't sleep without doing, I'll take right. the space for 30 minutes to just like get it done. So that's a lot of times where I write my blogs. Like yeah. I'll, I'll just like take in the space in the afternoon. And I always like go for a long walk with my son and we like go hang out and I like if I get outside... And then I cut like, all, that's inevitably where I'm like, oh, there's the idea. And then I get that 30 minutes. I like write my blogs or my email. I do anything that I do there. I make videos. I do a lot of my tutorials during that time. Um, but then by 30, like, again, phones off, computer shut. I don't reopen. I do not open my computer until 9 a.m. Like, um, And I, I, it's so easy for me to say it. But I think that I had to like stare into the abyss of like deep burnout and incredibly unhealthy behavior of working till the wee hours of the morning and having panic attacks and doing all that to understand just how poisonous it is. And once you like see how destructive it can be for your health and well being, like it's just a decision. It's like cutting out meat or eating organic or like whatever it is that you need to do to be a healthier version of yourself. I feel like it's as destructive as pesticides. Like it is, it, it ruins people to have our devices on us all the time. And so I like you, I usually don't even answer to like texts. Like if I'm with my son, I'm with my son. He's, so yeah, there's a long litany
0: of answers. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. No, this is beautiful, and it, it echoes a lot of the things that I that I do. Because you know, you could have uh, you could eat well, exercise every day, and then if you put yourself under that stress or that constant go and not have the recovery, there are people I know that everyone's like, I can't believe they died of a heart attack. You know, they were, they always ate organic and they, they were so fit, you know, but the stress is the other component. And I, I once got to do the marketing for a doctor that was like way ahead. This is like, you know, a long time ago, like decades ago, he was already on the mindfulness thing in, in, in the United States. Now, granted he was in California, so we're a little bit ahead of the curve of other parts of the United States. But, you know, he basically said it's, you have to also, you know, start meditating or doing something to to get that mindfulness and to get away from the stress. And and that probably was an influence on me amongst other things. Like I was telling you, there's so many life things that happen. And I, I'm glad that you're sharing your story and, and so have I because the reality is we're telling these. So you don't have to do that. I mean, you don't have to burn out. And the best metaphor that Gum gets into people for, and I I started to say it earlier, but I just want to say it one more time, is that it's like a drill. If you ever had or any battery operated device, especially a drill, I like that because it doesn't have enough power to to drill the hole or if it was like a power screwdriver or something, right? Whatever it is. And then you're like, I'm just going to finish this, right? And then you're like... And you know, you oh the last three screws or the last three holes you're drilling, it's like and it takes forever instead of quitting and going and getting a new battery. And in our case, as human beings, we need to go recover. We need to go rest. And how many of us, and you know, Megan, maybe you've had this experience where you're trying to do something. I've had this experience, you're going, going, you're you're into the midnight oil, and then finally you're like, okay, I'm done, and you go to bed, and then you wake up in the morning and you solve the problem in a matter of minutes.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's. I I solve. I saw I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a guesstimate here. 75 percent of my problems, or I have great new ideas when I'm out walking. Yeah. If I just take the space. That's like every every afternoon. I get get the little stroller out and. I head out with my son and we go on a super, like an hour and a half long walk. And I always, I have a voice recorder on my phone because it's always like inevitably that's the space because you have, you have to get the space away from it and take the time to recharge. And like going on a walk is what recharges me. I love it. Just being outside is what I need.
0: It's well, and I think because you had mentioned it too. And this happens to me too. You'll finish work and then you know, the work period, whatever it is, right? And then I'll go out and be with my kids and be like, oh, I forgot this or that, like how you mentioned. And that even comes. Even those remembering that that bit comes when we're done. You know, we wouldn't have thought about it. If we stayed at our desk, we would have completely forgot. And then I just note that down and then let it go. And then the next day I work on that and and it and it works. But it is in those moments. That's why I also have a, a, a turtle here. You can't see I'm holding up a turtle that's on my desk. It's like, it's a figurine that if, if you're just listening of a turtle and I have that right here, it's not like on a shelf. It's like right next to my computer because I am one of those people like you, like I hear everything you're saying, Megan. It's like, oh, I have a million ideas. I, I'm like that way too. It's just it's this constant flow. And I have to remind myself to slow down because, um, It it serves me so well. Like the more that I've so slowed down and and started to meditate, like I thought it was crazy. Meditate? Are you kidding me? Like I can't stop my mind. I thought I had to be like a Buddhist monk and not think of anything. But really, it's become visualization too. Like I see things that I wouldn't have saw if I don't slow down. So, what would be your advice from all the things you experienced? Because I know you're a bit like me, we're like go go people. How? How do you help that? How do you slow down at the appropriate times? What What is your mechanism or way that you do that?
1: Yeah, things that I do. Um, and this has been more of a recent phenomenon. My husband and I, we wake up before our son and we meditate out on the deck in the morning. And that's like the very first thing we do when we wake up. And I oftentimes put a little journal right there because that is inevitably when I remember the thing that I was supposed to do yesterday is when I'm meditating. <laughs> yes. um, but if, if you just like slow your brain down for a second, it'll remember something. Um, and there's, yeah, you might hear something and you can hear my son is upstairs in a walker.
0: <laughs> no worries.
1: So that we have like a, it's not a mandatory, but uh, it is when we go to bed, uh, we build in 30 minutes that is reading time. Um and so just like taking the space and I I explicitly read about things that have nothing to do with my work. Um, like things that make me think about different things. It just helps me to like slow, it helps me to slow down in terms of like learning, but also it it excites me and gets me thinking about new ways that I could do things. Um, I take walks, I go on super long hikes um the weekends. My husband and I take our son out, we go on bike rides all the time. there's a pattern here. It's all about exercise, getting outside not working um, and slowing down. I also wouldn't at this point in my life say that I'm someone you want to come to for advice on like slowing down all the way because I I feel the need right now that I need to slow down even more. But I'm just like, so I haven't had spaciousness in my life to be able to do all the things and the number of ideas that come into my brain. And like, I, I, am, I am dead serious three hours ago, I was on the phone with a woman and we were coming up with an entire new business and talking about investment strategy. And like, that is on top of the other things that I'm working on. Like I, yeah, I I think there's, what's this nuance that it's, there's like a bit of a nuance for me about the slowing down of like, I have a million ideas. I'm able to like, sure, invest myself, but I don't give everything that I possibly can to them. Like, again, it's like that, um, if I, I can do if I can do it 25 hours a week, I will. And if I can't, then I won't. Um, there's that kind of story that I tell myself. And so that helps. It's a forced function. It forces me to slow down. So
0: it puts it in a parameter, but it's, but you're doing enough. I mean, like, you know, um, you know, it, it'll it be the speed that you want it to be, but you're also giving yourself the space to recover, to go on the hike. So you're doing all of those, all of those things, and then you'll move at the pace. And I think every one of us, it's not like anything that's gonna be overly routine either because there are periods where I still move fast. That's why I like the word integration versus balance. Like one week you might put in more, you know, or you have an event, like you said, and then you're gonna put in more hours, but then another week you're taking more time off. And if you plan for that, it's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. If you're trying to make it exactly perfect every week, some people that might be their, their, their jam, right? They're so ritualistic about it, but, um, but I think that that's it. And, you know, this is, I'm sure there's so many areas that we can talk about and we're getting close to the end of our time. I, I always like to end with like, I like to give little nuggets of action items and, you know, especially, and this will be for, you know, uh, male and female. But I, the question that's popping into my head, though, is more from like a mom perspective because it is it is different. You know, like I'm a parent too, but it's different when being a mother versus being a father, for sure. Like, you know, you know I saw the difference with, with, with my kids and my wife. But at being a CEO, being an entrepreneur and being a mother and wanting to have this life, you know, where you take care of yourself, you take care of your family and having that integration... If you were to pick out one thing that you would suggest, like if you if you were talking to someone right now, it was the last time that you were going to talk to them, and they just needed this one piece of advice about having those things, being a you know a business leader and entrepreneur, like. And I know there's probably a bunch, but I'm going to force you to pick one. But like, what would be like one suggestion that you would say, like, "Hey, this is what I found that worked for me."
1: It, it, my answer, actually, I was just talking to a friend yesterday about this. Um, and it comes from a really privileged place to be able to say that. And so I do want to, I, I want to acknowledge that before I give you my answer here, but child care. Like that's the answer like that. I, I always have people ask me like, how are you a mom and do all these things. And I'm like, I have child care. I have, I have my mom and my dad come up on Mondays and Fridays and help me with my kid. And then I have a part-time nanny nine to two Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And if I We've had periods over the summer where we didn't have childcare because we were in like shelter in place orders and we couldn't have people come to our home. And when I do not have childcare, it is impossible for me, yeah. Um, yeah. like I, 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 and I, I am, I'm, am, I border on getting to a place where I'm like starting to feel like a low grade depression if I am just like constantly, if I do not have help. Um, and so it's that question of like, what help can you get with your children? Because I, I love my child in a way that I've never loved anything in my life. And I love being with him and I spend so much wonderful quality time with him every day. And for me, my brain needs the space to explore and work and do projects and build and create. And like, I have to have that outlet every single day or it like it, it, kind of diminishes the light that is inside of me that shines very, very brightly if I have help. Um, so that, that's, uh, might not be the favorite answer of people, but it is, my answer is, uh, if you have children, you need to get help in whatever way that looks like for you.
0: Yeah. And it could be, uh, that, you know, the, the two parents take turns, you know, like, uh, it could be that like, Hey, this is your time. I have another uh, good friend of mine and, um, actually he has been on the show, uh, his name is Broncar Lee and his, um, him and his wife are both entrepreneurial and then they take. Turns so like one gets to do their business in the morning, and the other one gets to do their business in the afternoon. And then, and I think they shift those like like a few days a week. They one person gets the morning because if you have to have like a morning meeting or something, and then they just alternate, and that's how they do it. And then it's the same thing. They have that child care, and it just happens to be them. Not everyone has that privilege either, because maybe your partner has to have a full time job, and then so so on and so forth. But no, I love your authenticity and just answering candidly and being from who you are. And you're right. The answer is not going to be exactly perfect for every person, but it is a real answer. And it really does make it to where you can, you can have that because being a mom is when you're when you're there and you're the caretaker. Then it is a hundred percent. It's it's hard to do anything else. And would be lying if we said that. It, uh, oh, you could do it, especially at the age that your child is too. Like as they get older and they're self managing school, even if they're doing home studying, they still can manage themselves more than than the, the age of, of. I mean,
1: your it's, it's yeah. just like work. Like if you woke up and worked. From seven a.m. to bedtime, you would burn yourself out, as evidenced by me. Um, and it's this, i it's the same with parenting. Like if you, if you, you wake up and you're on. You're as soon as your kids up. You, you are on. And If you have to do that from yeah. sun up to sundown. Like it repeatedly, it, uh, it takes a toll. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, we have friends that are doing the same thing, uh, find it, you know, husband and wife or partners that are changing off. Uh, we also have group people that are like building little communities. and like sometimes the kids go to this house and sometimes the kids go to this house and sometimes the kids go to this house and people are just figuring out a way, but, um, the I, I was the woman that I was talking about about building our new gigantic mega corporation that's going to do all the best things in the entire world three hours ago. Um, she and I were just talking about this. I I do not know how parents who do not have any help right now, who have to both or singly work full time and have children at home. I. I, we, I, I feel like we're about to have a significant mental health crisis in this country. It is- it's
0: already happening. It's already happening. Like We have a client that we help that is a psychologist around anxiety. And the statistics, I don't have them right in front of me. So I'm not even going to guess at the numbers, but they're very, very high. And I can tell you what we looked at. One of the highest uh, uh, groups that has anxiety and, and leading to depression is uh, stay-at-home moms. Even and this was before COVID. This the stats were already in, and now it's uh, it's through through the roof because, um, the, yeah. So so it is definitely something that is very, very important and and we need to pay attention to, to, to help others. And it's great encouragement, you know, because sometimes parents don't let themselves off the hook, you know, uh, they, they're like, oh, I'm the mom, I have to do this. And oh, 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 you don't like, you know, just, even if you get help for two hours and you could take a break or take a nap, oh my gosh. And then, you know, and, and you're still being a mom, you're not, you're not losing the majority of the time you're with your, your child, you know, it's
1: power drill analogy also pertains to parenthood. 10%.
0: hundred percent.
1: I am such a better, more delightful, happier, joyful mom when I've recharged. and recharging for me, looks like having a creative outlet and going five hours a day and getting to do my thing.
0: Yep. That's it. It's, it's beautiful. I appreciate you so much for, for being on the show. And if you, if, uh, and what we'll do, and if you want to say anything now, like if people want to uh, to get a hold of you, I, I'm sure you're active on social media as well, but then we can put this in the show notes too. But what would you say the best way for people um, to interact with you?
1: Yeah. I, I've just started on the social medias. Uh, my team is making me do this. Uh, so, but you can find me Megan Dunbar.com is the best place to find all the things and it's M E G H A N French Dunbar.com. Um, and then that handle applies to all the social media channels. Uh, I've just started Instagram three weeks ago and, uh, you can find me on there. Perfect.
0: We'll have to follow. We'll have to follow each other. We'll have to follow each other. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll do so, and then we'll put that in the show notes as well. So if you didn't get to write that down fast enough, we got you. So um, this is uh, uh, beautiful. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And we look forward to keep watching as whatever all the businesses that you do. And I'm sure you know we'll have another discussion in the future as those things materialize. So truly, truly appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Um, I like I said, I'm honored to be
0: here. I think so much for the work you're doing. You're welcome and, and appreciate it. And, and as always, as we end the show, definitely like let us know, comment and tell us what was the, the biggest aha or, or uh, most valuable thing that you took away from the show. And then also what other things do you want to hear from us so that we can help make this show, uh, bring more things and different uh, topics to you. And as always, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. We'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value, and if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenoplaton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions, and then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift, and it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenoplaton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenoplaton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.